long drives, close quarters, license plate bingo, gas station burritos, roadside attractions. If any of these sound like your idea of a great time, stay tuned. That's right. Coming up on today's podcast, we're talking about road trips. We brought in the experts to tell you how to get your car ready, where to go, and how to make the most of this classic American vacation experience. Thinking about hitting the open road soon for an experience you won't forget? Might want to pump the brakes and take a listen first. We have a few tips that you're not going to want to miss. From beautiful downtown Detroit, Michigan, this is the Zing Podcast from Quicken Loans. So hello, everybody. It's the Zing Podcast coming at you with the spring of 2016. Miranda, the weather's getting really nice, and you know what that means, don't you? It means road trips? Road trips. Road trips. You know, this is one of those things, like, (laughs) I realized that having a child really impacts your enjoyment of. I used to really enjoy road trips, like in college, you know, we just kind of like... You know, I used to pretend like I was a tornado chaser, and then you know we. I'm sorry, like, you pretended. I pretended. I okay. didn't know what I was doing. Like I barely had a <laughs> cell phone back then. I was just like, oh wow, there's thunderstorms. Go in that direction where it looks the darkest. But anyway, we'd Fun also safe. take trips. Yeah, really safe. Please, please don't ever do that. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> Important safety tip. Uh, but I, I love taking road trips. We go to conferences and stuff like that, and I really enjoyed it. But you know, as I've become an adult and gotten married and had children. It's, just, it's awful now. <laughs> taking those long, you know, I Don't love tell my, me that. I love my son, but it's he's just a monster. It's oh, just man. awful. But well, I am not married and do not have a child, and so, I'm taking a road trip in two weeks. So there you go. This is this so. is topical and fun, and we're going to have a great time. And to help us do that, we brought in a couple of experts today. Uh, we're talking to Jason Vitug. Did I pronounce that correctly, Jason? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Perfect. He's the CEO and founder of Frugal and a personal finance blogger. And then we've also got Jim Ross from American Fleet Support. Jim, how you doing? Great. How are you guys? I'm 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 fantastic. Let's start with you, Jim, because you know, I I'll be honest with you, I'm not much of a car guy. You know, I know my way around. I, you know, I can be conversational and stuff like that, but I know one of the things you definitely want to make sure you have lined up before you take your car on any sort of extended trip is is making sure that it's got everything that it needs because, you know, yeah, we live in a technological age. You can call roadside assistance. You have this all this, but you never want to be in that situation where it's like, oh, I'm stuck in the middle of, you know, uh, Route 66 where there's no cell service and my car's on fire. So, you know, all I would have had to do is replace this one thing. So in your experience, Jim, what are some just basic things that people can do to make sure that their car is, is okay and, and ready to hit the open road? Yes, cars are a lot like humans, and uh, prevention is always the key. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're not real good at uh, you know doing preventative maintenance on your car, you may want to start this a week or two before you leave town. Right. But, good advice. Uh, yes, uh, checking the fluid levels, uh, such as the oil level, uh, the coolant fluid level, which is often in the overflow bottle that you can see visibly under the hood. Uh, you also want to check your power steering fluid level to make sure there's an indicator on the stick. You mm-hmm. unscrew it yeah. to check that. And then also your washer fluid level. You don't want to go on a vacation, run into bad weather, and not be able to see out the windshield. Right? Yeah, exactly. So the other things that you really want to look at are your tires. And uh, one of the tricks, because I just drove to Grand Rapids and back yesterday, Uh, that I like to do is I take the tire pressure, which is normally on a car around 32, 33 pounds per square inch Mm -hmm. in each tire, and bump it up to about 40. Really? Now, you want to look at your uh, specifications printed right on the sidewall of the tire for max pressure. 
But when you do that with a tire, it tends to inflate so that the center of the tire rides on the road more than the edges. Okay. And uh, a lot of people have tires that have 20, 30, 40,000 miles on them already before the trip. And you don't need to buy new tires. That's, you know, not necessary. But when by in- inflating them higher, you will not only have a smoother ride because those edges are what tend to feather or cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will actually get better gas mileage. And yesterday, oh. my gas mileage was three and a half miles per gallon higher than it had been on the previous trip. Just because Just you, because I added, quote unquote, overinflated exactly. your tires a little bit. And it's really not overinflating because you're sure. still within, within the, the factory specs. Exactly, exactly. So let me ask you a quick question. Then. Let's follow up on tires here because I, I've been in this road before. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, <laughs> When do you need new tires? What's a good indication? Because if you drive yourself into one of those tire stores, they're probably going to tell you you need new tires. But is there any sort of quick and easy way you can visually inspect or, or figure there that out? There is. If you take a quarter mm-hmm. and you turn uh, Washington's head towards the inside, if you can put the quarter in the center in different spots of the tire mm-hmm. and not see the top of his head, you still have tread enough oh, tread left okay. uh, that it's safe. So I that's a real that. good I didn't quick know that either. That's a, yeah. it's a cool track. It's going to cost mm-hmm. you 25 cents. <laughs> you get to keep it. <laughs> yeah, you get to hang on to the quarter. Um, the other things that you want to check is the condition of your wipers because a lot of people run around with wipers that are completely worn out. Yeah. And if you get into a bad a rainstorm at 70 miles an hour or higher on the road, um, it's, you know, very important to have good wiper blades. And they're not that expensive. I no. Mean, you can spend 25 bucks and get two really good wiper blades. So right. a lot of times before I go on a long trip, I'll just go ahead and replace them. Just a personal note, I know this because I recently um, replaced the just terrible wiper blades that my wife's car had. And, you know, it, it's not it's not difficult to figure out how to replace them. You know, sometimes you have to go in the owner's manual or take a look at that. But uh, most places, if you go and you buy them, they'll like, put them on for you now. So don't even worry about, like, that being complicated or anything. I'm sure, you know, Jim's looking at us thinking, wow, if you can't put your wiper blades on, <laughs> you have no business. Maybe Some of them are tricky. Yeah, they are a little they really tricky. Are. And they, you got these little plastic parts. So that's another thing to bear in mind. So we talked about tires. Uh, what, what else do you have for us, Jim? Well, I've got some other things that you really want to carry in your car with you yeah. in case of an emergency. Now, uh, a, a gallon of water, fresh, clean water. Okay. Um, f- a flare in case you have a roadside emergency and you're in the middle of Nebraska or someplace that doesn't have a gas station. Are, you know, so are we talking about the kind away. that you would shoot up into the air or are we no, talking about the road No, just a road flares? flare okay. that you could light so people can see you. Okay. As they approach. Not that I wouldn't want a, a shoot in the sky <laughs> flare. For, yeah. That might be fun Another to Another really good thing to bring with you is an extra car key. Okay. Uh, most people forget that one. And uh, if you end up locking your keys in the car and uh, don't have an extra key, you're going to end up paying handsomely. To you're going to be in trouble there. Come open your door for you. Well, that's yeah. a good question there. Uh, if, if I may follow up on that, you, you're a fleet manager. You've been... Logging millions of miles, you know exactly what to expect. So what happens in that worst-case scenario, Jim, if you, you know, you're at some roadside diner, you lock your keys in your car, you don't have it. What if you have, like, one of those kind of complicated, you know, chip ones that's not, like, is that something a locksmith can even help you with, or what are your yeah, options Yeah, what they actually case? have nowadays is they have uh, lockout services that will actually drive out to your location for around $100. Okay. And open your door for you. And the way they do it is they actually put a thin, like, bag inside the uh, door jam. They, like, slide it in. It's deflated. 
and then they pump it up, and it actually pushes the door open by like oh, bending wow. it. Oh wow! And then that allows them to get the slim jim in and open up the door. Does that damage inside. your door at all? No, it doesn't. Oh. They get it open just far enough to get that little tool in and unlock the door. But that's you know, it all comes back to that slim jim, right? That's how <laughs> they do it. Yeah. Well, the slim jims of of the olden days used to actually work on the outside between the glass and the the uh, glass frame, the rubber. Uh, frame, yeah, and it would actually slide down, and mechanically, you would open one of the latches inside the door. Mm-hmm. That's not possible in no. most cars anymore nowadays. No. So they actually have to physically crack the door, yeah, at the seam, and then slide that piece in, and actually pull your door lever open. And and then going back to our original conversation, that's going to set you back probably at least a hundred bucks and a lot of a lost time. Exactly, and you don't no. want that when you're on a road. Absolutely not. The other items I did jot down before we got together today was a, a flashlight. Okay. A first aid kit in case somebody cuts themselves and, you know, you're not near uh, yeah. assistance. Yeah. A pair of jumper cables. Oh, of course. Just in case. Yeah. And a blanket in case you get stopped and you have kids with you and the yeah. kids get cold. You know, a blanket's really good. So uh, the other thing that you may want to do before you take off on a trip is because now you're probably driving early in the morning some days. Yep. Or even late at night. And if you get in a rainstorm, it's very difficult to see through the glass the windshield and, and the rear glass, just clean for the first time this year. Clean yeah. your windows with a good cleaner and paper towel, or even newspaper works really well. Yeah, I've heard that. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Do you have any idea? I have no newspaper? idea. It's the right type of paper. It, just, it, it seems doesn't counterintuitive, streak. doesn't it? Yeah, it doesn't streak. Like streak so you'd think you'd rub black ink all over your yeah. windshield, yeah. but, but yeah. you don't. Huh. That wouldn't look good. Maybe works. I should it try that. Real I'm really well. bad at cleaning. The inside, the inside of your windows, of the, they, get, yeah. they get really dirty. Yeah, you're not alone. Most people yeah. are. <laughs> I, I <laughs> One of the reasons why here. they pay my company exactly. to do that oh, stuff. So. Well, that's very helpful, Jim. I know there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, can go wrong uh, with your car and a lot of worst-case scenarios. So uh, that's very helpful. Let's transition over to our other guest, uh, Jason. Uh, it's good to have you on uh, with us today. Well, thank you so much. I'm happy to be on. So, you know, we were chatting a little bit before uh, we started rolling here, and you have an absolutely fascinating story. And I'm hoping, could you just sort of explain uh, how you got to where you are today and the sort of very interesting story of passion that, uh, you know, got you to be the uh, the CEO of Frugal? Yeah. So um, I, I, I started following this traditional path, I think. Uh, we're all told to uh, graduate high school, um, go to college, get that first job, and eventually you'll you'll make a point where um, you'll feel satisfied and happy and so I did that tried and true path and I became uh, the VP of marketing and business development for a credit union out in Silicon Valley Mm -hmm. Uh, I did that for about three and a half years helped grow this organization from a 65 million dollar asset to 110 million and so you can imagine with a success like that in a very short period of time uh, that I was slated to for the top position And I was. <laughs> so I was offered in 2011 the successor CEO position uh, for my company. Uh, but I'm a millennial, and so I was kind of looking for my purpose. And so I wanted to kind of figure out a, a different path that would get me more satisfied. And that ended up uh, me backpacking around the world. So instead of taking that successor CEO route, I, uh, I chose a, a different um, approach to my life, resigned, took me about six months to leave, and uh, eventually saw myself backpacking through 20 countries in 12 months in 2012, went through uh, South 
uh, Southeast Asia, Central America, Western Europe, as having these amazing conversations with people going, you're American, you're so lucky, it's the land of opportunity, the streets are paved with gold. But they knew working in financial services and financial education that people were struggling. They were struggling to make ends meet. And so if you're thinking about how do I pay for my car payment yeah. or my mortgage, you're not thinking about, for instance, the road trip you want to go on because you can't afford that, that weekend getaway or yeah. that long haul um, trip. And so um, with that, I had this, this my aha moment. I was sitting on top of this eighth century temple in, in a country I never heard of. It was Myanmar. Oh, and yeah. Was, formerly Burma, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, formerly Burma. A little piece and of trivia for you folks. I was staring at 5,000 temples, pagodas, stupas out in the horizon. And I said to myself, I'm living my dream lifestyle. Where was everyone else? Uh, and so with that, when I got back in 2013, I wanted to empower my generation, empower communities and people in general to live their dream lifestyle. And I knew that had a lot to do with access to the right financial resources, the yeah. tools. Um, and I mean, that's just going back to how I grew up. I mean, I lived in the inner city, uh, Elizabeth, New Jersey, which is the fourth largest city in New Jersey. I lived in seven different homes before I graduated high school. Jeez. I graduated with over $40,000 of student loan and credit card debt. And, but I got to the point where I was living my dreams. Yeah. And, and that had a lot to do with, again, as I mentioned, just the financial knowledge, the network I was creating. And I wanted to provide a channel and avenue for people to get access to the same type of information that I had. So you sit at the intersection of frugality and financial know-how and travel, which I think is really fascinating. So we want to talk a little bit about, you know, how we can make the most and stretch our resources when we're taking road trips. One thing I wanted to chat with you about real quick, Jason, is for somebody who's done as much travel as you have, what do you think it is about the the classic American road trip that just keeps it like in our in our our culture here? It's just something that seems so endemic to who we are as a people. What what do you think it is about the road trip that appeals to so many people? Uh, well, first I have to say I love road trips. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it is it's exactly uh, what would say it is um, part of our culture, yeah. part of being American to be able to hop into a car and. Uh, drive and so with that I think it's it's part of our nature um, it's part of our culture and so it's there's freedom in the road so we so the moment you get into your car there's this freedom to uh, the ability to go anywhere at any time and I think that's why there's this big draw on road trips and it's one of the key things that that I tell uh, individuals all around the country that you don't need to leave the United States to gain experiences, yeah. to meet new people. Uh, you can hop in your car and, and drive cross country. I mean, there's so many amazing, beautiful places uh, in the United States uh, that that are, you know, a short drive or a long distance drive cross country. It's incredible too. You bring up an excellent point where you know there there's always this yearning to maybe see what else the world has to offer and we don't want to be like just locked on our own shores but it, it always staggers me when you think about all these landmarks and think about all these destinations yeah. that are just within uh, these United States that you know I've never been to Yellowstone I've never right. been to the Grand Canyon there's all so let me ask you this you're a millennial of course so 
Um, what are some of the places that in your mind, if you're within that demographic, I know everybody's got different interests, of course, but like what are some things that uh, you would say are, are must-have destinations for anybody that is, you know, maybe younger, college age, maybe a little after? Um, I love national parks. <laughs> so the, uh, the national park uh, uh, system is a great way to um, a great place to visit. I mean, go from Yellowstone or in Southern Utah. I, I mean, I would suggest uh, to millennials, to anyone in general that are looking for places to visit, and we're not, we're not talking about cities, the national park system uh, in, in the US is just amazing. What you're able to experience and the cost um, for a flat annual fee, I believe it's uh, $65, you have access to the national parks, um, to all of them across the country. All of them for $65? Yes, so you, you become a member and for the, the whole year, you're able to visit as many national parks as you'd like. And you're talking about uh, the entrance to these parks aren't uh, per person, it's per car load. So if you're packing it in there with your family or your friends, uh, it really is a great deal. That's really awesome. Um, I know you said you love road trips, and so I'm assuming you've taken quite a few. Um, but what tips do you have for planning a road trip? How yeah. far out do you start planning, and what kind of things do you think about? Yeah, it really depends on where where you're going. So I, I tend to think that if you are driving, I mean, because a road trip can be uh, a three three hour road trip, right? You're looking yeah. at maybe a, a couple hundred miles or something that's cross country. So it really depends on the type of road trip that you're you're looking to do. But if your your dream is to go cross country, I would suggest start planning anywhere between thirty to forty five days before. Uh, I mean, certainly you can you can start planning in advance. Uh, but uh, I found that anywhere between thirty to forty five days. You have plenty of time to do your research, find the routes that you that are most desirable uh, for you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah, so that that uh, that time frame works. Cool. And what's your favorite road trip that you've taken? My favorite road trip that I've taken. Uh, so last year, I went with uh, a couple of friends as well as some of my colleagues, um, and we did this uh, the road to financial wellness, and we drove over ten thousand two hundred and eighteen miles. Wow! We zigzagged all across the country. We started <laughs> in Portland, Maine, to Los Angeles, California, wow. uh, and it was just such an epic, awesome road trip that uh, we were able to see major cities, suburbia, as well as the, the national parks that I, that I mentioned uh, earlier. It's just, it was a great way to kind of do everything from seeing what the social life is within these large or mid-sized cities to seeing how people live in kind of the, the villages or small towns as well as seeing nature and kind of seeing like just how beautiful this country truly is. Let me ask you this, Jason, just because I know uh, obviously as a personal finance blogger, this is something that's always top of mind for you. But uh, what are some ways, assuming that not everybody's out there to spend as much money as they possibly can on a road trip, what are some easy ways people can kind of, uh, you know, still experience what they're setting out to do, but maybe uh, save a little cash in the process? What sort of recommendations do you have for them? Um, and in terms of going on the road trip without without um, kind of uh, emptying your pockets? Yeah, exactly. So, like, what are some ways that you can maybe save a little cash on food or, or lodging? Like, what, what are some ways that uh, you've, you know, maybe, I don't want to say cut corners, but uh, saved a little cash? 
Yeah, so uh, the best way is planning your meals. Okay. Uh, I think one of, one of the biggest the biggest costs is eating out. Yeah. And so if you're on a road trip, uh, whichever length that may be, uh, a good portion of your budget is going to be taken on on the food that you consume when you're dining. And so I do recommend planning. So you can pack you can pack your lunch, you can pack uh, your dinner, etc. Since you're on the road, there is opportunities for you to stop by kind of farmers markets, pick up some uh, some fruits or vegetables that you can munch on at a really great price point. Mm-hmm. But I do recommend um, you know going to uh, your local supermarket and and getting things in bulk as well. Okay. Uh, so sandwiches, making sandwiches, have a cooler with you as well, so you can store some. Uh, some of the meats or, or uh, food that might be perishable in that cooler along with some drinks. And it's going to save this, you time too so you don't have to pull over every you know two hours yeah. or three hours or whatever and you know stop at Culver's or something like that and get sick of that food by that. No disrespect to Culver's. I love Culver's, but I would want to <laughs> yeah, eat there six like, times Well, yeah, day. I mean, one of the, one of the, uh, the biggest um, uh, uh, places we spend money when we're on road trips is the gas station convenience yeah. store. Oh, geez. And so you're looking at um, you know, if you want a bottled water or a drink, uh, it's yeah. going to cost you anywhere $75. from two dollars to three dollars yeah. a pop. And so you can imagine um, what uh, a few of those can can add up to. So if you plan accordingly, I mean, for um, for five dollars, you might be able to get a case of water, yeah, as opposed to spending it. So it's important, like when you're thinking about that, think about the food, think about the planning aspect of that. In addition, um, lodging-wise, uh, I do recommend uh, there is um, couchsurfing.org. I've used it myself. It's a group of travelers. Uh, that open up their homes, and I, I found it very interesting in, t- in terms of meeting like-minded travelers around the country who offer their couch or their spare bedroom uh, for free, just with the instance of being able to connect with other like-minded people. So that definitely that. is a a great way. Um, in addition to racking up points, so if if you do have credit cards to earn reward points as well as if you're in uh, using let's say hotels.com you can earn uh, a free night stay when you use these programs consistently you may be able to save on lodging in the future when you go on a road trip it's just free money so I know we got to wrap things up here real quick and I'm gonna bring Jim back into this conversation because I know you've got a lot of experience here too what are some of your favorite travel apps or technology things that you can do uh, I don't know about you guys but I'm a huge fan of the um, the uh, traffic uh, ways you guys ever use that yeah, that's I think what that's I was fantastic just say is ways. Yes. yeah that's one of my favorites but do you guys have any other recommendations of apps that you can use to make the most out of your travel well the ways app I started using about two years ago that yeah. that one really has saved me several tickets actually oh uh because it you, does man. tell you where the police are yeah. if, if people have reported it the other thing that it does uh it allows you to like know if there's like cars on the shoulder roadkill yeah. that type of things that could impact your trip yeah. you know so um I, I don't have any other apps or anything that yeah. i typically use well, yeah i mean the that's road, the one right yeah that's yeah. pretty much it what about you jason anything you recommend yeah, I, I definitely love the Waze app. Um, but also for those of you while you're on your road trip trying to figure out what's happening in kind of the cities or, or towns you're passing yeah. through, yeah, uh, definitely check out Foursquare. Okay. I, mean, yeah. I do use that one too. Really? Yeah. yeah. We're just talking yeah, about that today. Foursquare is, uh, is still, is still out there. And uh, you're able to find some festivals and some really neat stuff. 
and many of them are free. So they'll advertise companies and festivals will advertise uh, free entrance um, to uh, a lot of the things that's going on. So definitely check out Foursquare, even Eventbrite as well uh, for things uh, to do on the road and you'll find something perfect for your budget, for anyone's budget. Sounds fantastic. Yeah, and if you're hungry for a specific type of food, oh, yeah. you can put that into Foursquare, and it'll tell you all the locations within X amount of miles that serve that type of food. One of the best things neat. about being on the road, isn't yeah. it? We've been talking with uh, Jason Vitug, the founder and CEO of Frugal and a personal finance blogger, as well as Jim Ross of American Fleet Support. Gentlemen, really appreciate you being on the podcast today. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. You know, there's something pretty cool that we're doing here at Quicken Loans. It's called Rocket Mortgage, and it's the first completely online way to get a mortgage approval. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Um, so basically, we've taken all the complicated, time-consuming parts about applying for a mortgage, yeah. um, like getting your paperwork together, oh, finding bold pay stubs. the worst. I know, right? But we've automated the process. It's really simple, fast, and convenient. You can even do it on your phone. You know, and that's that's just amazing. It takes just like a few minutes. And when you think about all the dumb stuff you do on your phone every day, this is actually something really cool and really amazing. So if you're looking to refinance your mortgage or even buy a home, check out rocketmortgage.com. Rocket. Rocket. <laughs> Let's take a moment to thank all the folks who made the Zing podcast possible. Natalie Ness is our producer, Justina Kopaz is our project manager, and Leah Castile did everything technical. We also want to thank some folks on the Quicken Loans creative team, Rob Frapier, Keith Stouffer, and Sean Pavlishin. Rhonda McGill is our legal lady. Rhonda, where is that disclaimer you wanted? The persons or firms represented in this podcast are meant for informational purposes only, and the information provided is not intended to be considered as a recommendation or an endorsement by Quicken Loans. Please do your own research before making any decisions regarding the hiring of any professional. Equal Housing Lender, licensed in all 50 states. Nationwide Mortgage Licensing System Number 3030. Don't forget about all the great stuff on the Quicken Loans Zing blog. You can find hundreds of articles covering everything home, money, and lifestyle by using www.quickenloans.com blog. You can also check us out on social media. Like, tweet, repin, and favorite Quicken Loans on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, and Instagram. We'll be back soon with another edition of the Zing Podcast. But for now, from all of us here at Quicken Loans, this is Sean T. Johnston. And Miranda Crace. Thanks for listening.